Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports Page and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. After the Nationals' 8-2 win over the Braves, their 11th Braves' 11th straight loss, their 9th straight in Nationals Park, Nationals' 4th straight win. They didn't gain any ground on the Mets today because the Mets beat the Marlins 7-0, but the Nationals did what they had to do. Dave Gio Gonzalez on the mound, winless in his last four starts, 0-3 with an 8-3-5 ERA, a 3-33-384-507 line against, an 18 in the third innings pitch over that stretch, which followed an eight-start unbeaten stretch, of course, over which he was 5-0 with a 1-4-8 ERA, a 2-4-5-296-326 line against, and 48 and two-thirds, 60 pitches, 6Ks, and four scoreless tonight, five scoreless and hitless on 76 pitches, Nick Markakis single breaks up the no-hit bid in the sixth inning, ends up going uh, six innings, 10Ks, 106 pitches, six scoreless innings after a 30-pitch six ends his outing. Kind of a – I've mentioned before the show that the no-hit bit part of this kind of snuck up on me before Mark Markakis came through with that hit. You mentioned, as you said, there were runners on the whole time, so it happens that way, but – Got the job done. The Nationals needed a big outing from Gio Gonzalez, and he really came through tonight. Six innings total, two hits allowed, four walks, 10 Ks on the night, 106 pitches total. Yeah, um, he got through that first inning kind of – it was kind of a shaky first inning, had a couple runners on, and it looked like it might have been a a short night for him, but he kind of rebounded pretty quickly there, and despite pitching with uh, runners on seemingly in every inning, he really got the job done. um, obviously, the 10Ks is huge, and when you've got that ability um, and he's on like he was, then the walks uh, aren't necessarily going to hurt you as badly as, as they could. But, um, but again, that that has always been the conundrum with Gio is that he's always had good stuff. Um, he just loses control of it uh, on occasion, and we kind of saw his entire career in a microcosm here tonight except for um, the bouts where he gives up four runs to five batters. So, um, nice appearance by Gio today. Um, was able to uh, limit damage when when there was potential there. And and, and by the way, am I the only one that's enjoying this new uh, this new Braves era of, of utter futility? It's just uh, um, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be participating in. Quite frankly, yeah, the Braves are not sending the most competitive team out there. And I said the same last night. There's, I like a lot of people in that lineup. I just don't know what's going wrong with them. Shelby Miller, who we'll talk about in a second, just isn't going right right now, and nothing's going right for him. But Doghouse just sticking with Gio Gonzalez for a minute. He had a nice run in there where he retired 11 straight after giving up back-to-back walks in the first inning, set 11 straight down before he gave up another walk in the fifth. There were runners on the whole night, but really just came through with a solid outing and gave the Nationals all they needed because the offense really picked him up. Four runs in the third, two more in the fourth, uh, added a run in the fifth eight runs total on the night, another offensive outburst from the Nationals who are really looking like everyone's kind of connecting and just when they're needed or possibly, I'm not going to say too late because they're still in this and they have more than a chance going forward, but Diego Gonzalez solid on the mound and the offense really came through. Yeah, it it was, I I was just looking back over the game log again and there were, I think Gio had two, one, two, three innings. Maybe, I, I guess he had three, actually. So he spent half of his outing with no one on base. Uh, of course, it was it was a little rattling when he was getting people on base. You know, certainly the, right at the end there, you know, he, 
managed to strand the bases loaded when he came out for the evening uh, there, there at the end of the sixth. Of course, he was up 7 nothing at that point, so that, that gave him a little bit of a cushion there. But uh, certainly a big outing from Gio in that he went six. The, uh, the, the 10 strikeouts, the zero runs, that was nice. But he, he got us a win and had a nice long outing. And uh, at, at this point where we're playing a, a weaker team and putting up a big lead on them early, let's uh, give the bullpen some rest so that coming into the next series they can do whatever it is they're able to do, but they'll be ready to do it. You know, we'll, we'll see whether or not they're, they'll be effective, but at least let's hope they won't be tired. Speaking of tired, uh, the Nats seem to be kind of wearing out the base pass these last two games, as you were mentioning there, that uh, explosion of offense. I'm, uh, I'm not sorry to see that at all, uh, and I, I'm not worried about people getting too tired here. Uh, let's cross our fingers and hope this is a good warm-up, uh, because as, as you mentioned, you're going to talk about it a little more. Shelby Miller, a good pitcher who uh, I guess I, I was at the game tonight, so I couldn't see the pitch track, so I don't know where he was missing or if uh, the Nats were just putting good swings on him. But they, they certainly made some good contact against him tonight. And uh, even even a struggling good pitcher is still a good pitcher in there somewhere. And for the Nats to have some, some real success against him offensively tonight, I think that's a good sign. And he is struggling, Dave. Came to D.C., Shelby Miller, that is, winless in his last 19 starts, going back to May 17th, 0-11 over that stretch, a 3-1-3 ERA, 2-5-7, line against, and 118 innings pitch. So there's got to be a bit of bad luck going on there because those aren't bad numbers, and you certainly shouldn't be over your last 20 starts after tonight with those kind of numbers up there. But facing that twice in uh, earlier this season, back in June, three hits, one earned run, and a 2-1 loss in D.C., eight hits, five runs, four earned, and five innings pitch, and a 6-1 loss in Atlanta, in which he caved 10. Six outs to start the night, but tonight, but uh, Ian Desmond with a double, a ground out, and a wild pitch, bringing the first run, one nothing. Jason Worth with a double, Rendon with a single, Harper with a home run, all of a sudden it's 4 nothing after a 38-pitch third. I'm kind of surprised they left him in to throw that many pitches in one inning, but Six nothing in the fourth after things got a little clowny for the Braves. Seven nothing in the fifth. He ends up taking another loss here. That's zero and twelve in his last twenty starts, going back to middle of May when he last won a game. And this is a good pitcher who's kind of stuck on a bad team right now and not helping him out and didn't help himself tonight either, though. Well, I think that last part, you know, pretty much says it. I mean, if if you look at that, um, this stretch for Miller and, and we'll look at his last eleven starts over that period. If you just took his numbers without his one-loss record and put him on the Nationals, he would have been the Nats' most effective starter over that time frame. As a, you know, his numbers are good. Um, he's just playing on a crappy team. Um, tonight, you know, tonight he took the loss and he earned it, and that's kind of a departure from what he has been doing on this losing streak because you can't pitch to a 3.13 or a 3.14 ERA, whatever you said earlier, um, and expect to go 0-12. I mean, that's just ridiculous, but it speaks to the ridiculousness of measuring a starting pitcher on wins and losses. Yes, if the guy wins 20 games, you know he's had a good season, but you look at Shelby Miller and say, oh, he's lost his last 12 games, he must suck. But the answer is no, he doesn't suck. He's on a sucky team and he's had some bad luck, but uh, um, he was not particularly sharp tonight right from the get-go. I thought Harper's at bat once again 
just really showed his maturity, fouling off all those pitches, taking a couple of close ones, and then driving one the opposite way. I mean, we say it every single night. It's not going to get boring um, watching Bryce Harper mature into the best offensive player in the league, and there's really no way to to couch that. Um, He got some more help tonight, and it's nice to see. And, you know, I, I made this crack during the game on Twitter that, um, that you never want to hear players say that spring training is too long again because it's taken a month for um, Worth and Rendon and Zimmerman. It's taken a month of the bats for them to get to the point where they are now, where they're playing, they're producing, um, they're doing what we expected them to do at the beginning of the season before the, all the injuries took over. They're doing what we hoped they would do immediately returning from injury, um, but it's taken a month for them to all heat up. They're all hot now at the same time. They're all They've all got their swing back. Harper continues to be productive. Uh, Desmond's been the team's hottest hitter since the All-Star break. These are the Nationals the last two weeks that we expected to see all season long. Uh, why they why they now find themselves um, a six-game deficit to the Mets um, because it took them this long once the injuries and then um, getting back into baseball shape after being healthy. That's why they're down. Uh, all these pundits saying, you know, what's happened to the Nationals, what's happened to the Nationals, where if you have six of your best players out of the lineup for three months at a time and then it takes a month for them to get healthy or to get back in baseball shape again, that's what's wrong with the Nationals. It's only five games, Dave. It's only five. They're on their way. Doom. (laughs) Five. But as you mentioned, Jason Worth, one for three with a run scored and a walk. Anthony Rendon, two for four, two runs scored. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, one for four with two RBIs on the night. But once again, uh, it's throw Ian Desmond in there, three for four, two runs scored as well. But as I was about to say, once again, it was all about Bryce Harper tonight. You mentioned that at bat in the third inning when they went up 4 nothing, uh, battles for 10 pitches. He pops one up down the third base line that Hector Oliveira definitely should have caught. But he drops it and can't make the play next to the wall there. Looked like he got a little spooked. Did they give Bryce Harper another chance? And he really makes them pay for it. It's a two-run home run after they'd already gotten two runs in that inning. That's his 33rd home run of the year. Goes on to add two doubles in his last 16 games. You know, has seven doubles, three home runs. Uh, it's just on a ridiculous carrot at the point that Gio Gonzalez spoke out after the game, said that it's like he's playing a video game and has cheat codes for a baseball video game. And it's just really ridiculous at this point. 337 average, continues just leading about every offensive category in the National League and continues to make his case for an MVP this season at 22 years old, which is kind of insane. That at bat there where he got that home run was, was pretty terrific. But I, I'd like to point out uh, his, uh, I think it was his second double, where he, he's up 3-0 and, you know, ball four comes in. He leans down to take off his shin guard and, and take his base <laughs> and get, it gets called a strike. He looks back at the ump, <laughs> kind of pauses for a minute, Buckles his shin guard back up, stands up, and takes ball five, which gets called strike two. <laughs> and again, he has to put his shin guard back on. He walks around, he jaws a little bit, but he gets himself under control, gets back in a box, and smacks a double. So are you really sure you want to make Harper take his bat off the shoulder? Um, I, I think at that point, Detweiler's kind of wishing maybe he'd walked him a little bit more convincingly. Uh, but again, I, I'd rather he hadn't, you know, hadn't jawed at all on ball five there slash strike two, but he didn't jaw enough to get run. 
and he he got back in, didn't lose his temper, he calmed down and hit a double. So, you know, signs of maturity, signs of development. It's uh, it, it's not just the game on on in the box and and at the plate. It's it's that that maturity and self control, and we're seeing that not just in terms of, of back discipline, but personal discipline. And uh, you know, D- Dave mentioned the, the the wonder of watching this guy blossom into a generational talent. Uh, it, it's happening on all possible levels, and you just got to sit here and remind yourself. You know, h- how old is this guy? He's pretty young, and and I I, re- I was much more of a knucklehead at his age, and I was certainly much less accomplished. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what my point is here, but Harper is good at baseball, and I like watching him play it. Davey scored his 99th and 100th runs tonight, uh, came into the night, 333 average, 467 OBP, which is just ridiculous, 634 slugging percentage, eight wins above replacement, uh, according to fan graphs at least. Just ridiculous numbers he's putting up there, and it's just astonishing to see him do it on a nightly basis. That, that at bat in particular, someone has to tell the home plate umpire that if he doesn't swing, it's not a strike. But 3.37 average after the game tonight, and just another really impressive outing by Harper. Yeah, you know, and it's a shame that uh, Denard Span's been hurt all season long, or um, or Harper might have enough RBIs and, and, and qualified to, to win the Triple Crown this year. On top of um, MVP at, at, at 22. It's just, it, it really is silly. And, and Geo's crack about the the cheat codes. It's just, it, it's funny on a lot of different levels. But, um, but, but it's true. I mean, you mentioned the on base percentage. I mean, yeah, Harper. You know, they're pitching around him, and he's and he's still doing damage in the few times that they're pitching to him. Um, I mean, Harper is in the middle of a Barry Bond season, right? You know, with 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 the power and the walks. Um, the on-base percentage, um, it, it's just it, it's just silly how productive he's being. Um, and you have to stop and think to yourself, because this is his fourth major league season, that he's just 22 years old. I mean, you know, no no disrespect to Doghouse, who, who was doing a little self-deprecating humor earlier. Um, you know, Doghouse, don't be so hard on yourself. No, none of us can compare to Bryce Harper at 22. <laughs> hey, I was doing great things for 22 useless for the rest of the world, but great for myself. Nationals win tonight, 8-2, 70 and 65 on the year now. They're making their run now. Let's hope it's not too late. Uh, might be too late, Doghouse. You weren't on the show last night, so I didn't get to talk to you about this, but there's a little bit of a Strasburg redux going on here. Matt, Matt Harvey, apparently they're going to limit him to around 180 innings pitched right now, which basically leaves him two more starts. Uh, the Mets went into this thing thinking they were going to have him all the way through. He's talked like that the whole way. Scott Boris talked up a couple of days ago, said that he's spoken to the Mets recently when it looked like they were on a path towards a postseason berth, which they still appear to be right now, but might have to do it without their starter. And the Twitter world and New York Mets fans in particular are going nuts to the point today where I heard some conspiracy theories on Twitter or read, I suppose, since Twitter doesn't talk to me, but saying that with all the clients Scott Boris has on the Nationals, he clearly wants them to win, and that's behind all this, which is humorous if stupid, but just unbelievable that this is catching everyone by surprise like this. Gosh, if only they'd planned for this and had some sort of policy that they worked out before the season started and and explained to everyone in painful detail before he threw pitch number one this season. 
Wouldn't wouldn't that have been a clever thing to have done? Even yeah, that well, very if someone could have come up with an idea like that. Uh, can you imagine? It, can you imagine if City Field boos him his next start? <laughs> if the Twitter reaction is anything says anything about it, it might just happen because no one's happy with yeah. the situation there right now. They're trying to win a pennant, and their best pitcher is going to get booed in his next start. Doug Hazzy, I know I was on board with it when they did it with uh, Steven Strasburg. They were looking out for his best interest. They were following the best medical advice from the doctors who performed the surgery and their own team doctors. And is it just a matter of the Mets just not preparing like the Nationals did? I'm sure Mike Rizzo might not give the innings limit out again and discuss it as much as he did, but they laid that plan out and stuck to it. And it seems like the Mets not dealing with it until this point is really causing them a lot more trouble. Well, I think the postseason run maybe caught them a little by surprise. You know, they they were thinking they were going to be battling with the the Marlins for second place this season, and the the injury fairy came down and and smote the Nats, gave them a chance. They made some good moves at the deadline. They played well, uh, and now they got to make something work for a potential postseason run. And I, I think maybe this, you know, I. I don't follow the Mets closely enough to say how realistic this is, but you know, I, I think maybe the the management there just was thinking this they weren't going to have to worry about this problem, you know, and they'd shut down Harvey at the end of the season and no one would care because they'd be out of it. But you know, now, oops, so they're improvising. Dave, any thoughts on Harvey's comments today, where he basically st- went with what is a. Uh... Agent Scott Boris was saying and said that he thinks he's pretty much going to be done at 180. Is there something going on, you think, with Harvey that he doesn't feel as great as he did, or you think they're just sticking with the medical advice and doing what's best? Oh, I think they're probably just sticking with the medical advice. And if you read um, Boris's comments, I think Jeff Desson or one of the national writers had further comments from Boris that um, that Boris said that you know that they informed the Mets early on that they were going to that they were going to shut down at 180 and. Um, and and Boris kept saying, I assumed that they were following along with the plan, and I assumed that they were following along with the plan. But we all know what happens when you make assumptions, when you assume. Um, and, and this is what's happening. They're making an ass out of out of Matt Harvey, and it's and it's a shame because he is you know one of the Mets' best pitchers. He's one of their best players, but. Um, but there's a lot of tension between Harvey and Mets management to begin with. I think this is further than isolated, and I'd be shocked if um, if Harvey pitches for the Mets next year, to be frank with you. Well, he's going to pitch this week coming up in Nationals Park when the Mets take on the Nationals. That much we know. We're still not sure if Steven Strasburg is going to make his next start, so we'll see what happens with that after he gets through another throwing session and see if he's able to come back. But. We know the Nationals won tonight, 8-2 final, 70-65 on the year. Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. One more with the Braves tomorrow at 1.35 p.m. in the afternoon. Talk to you guys after that one. Go Nats.